BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. For Major League Wrestling, he is the MLW World Heavyweight Champion. He will be in action on July 8th at Never MLW Never Say Never, which airs on Fight TV against Alex Kane. He is Alex Hammerstone. Hammerstone, how you doing, man? Good morning, guys. What's going on? How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm a wee bit tired. Uh, I'm in a different time zone, so it's uh, 7 a.m., but, you know. Oh, hey, no. Here. Oh, well, thank you for joining us this early. Oh, had I known it was going to be that early for you, I would have been like, no, okay, you can, we can do much later. It's okay. I don't want to wake you up at 7 a.m. for this silly show. That's all good, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, I got to ask you, first off the bat, did you take Sean Ross Sapp's advice? And is that why you are at where you're at now in MLW yeah, was, in the world of back, wrestling? I was backstage. I heard everything he said. And, uh, well, you know, the workout advice, the, you know, ignoring MJF, none of that's true. He did tell me I should wear skinny jeans. That's that, that came from him. So that's the only thing I heard from him. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right that that would uh, be his actual advice to just, just wear skinny that, jeans. That was his golden nugget. <laughs> um, how are you feeling before MLW Never Say Never and taking on Alex Kane? You have been the long reigning. MLW World Heavyweight Champion, and now a live show, which is you know MLW. The I guess we'll say the the knock, the criticism, the the complaint from fans is like we want the live shows, we want the live shows. Here we are, never say never. You're headlining against Alex Kane. How you feeling about headlining this live show? Um, you know, I guess you could say you know the pressure's on, but at the same time, that's uh, this is kind of the spot I've carved out for myself. I've uh, been in a lot of high pressure situations with the company and it's something, uh, something I'm used to at this point. Um, as far as the actual match itself, I've been training really hard. I've been working really hard the last couple of weeks, really changing up my training, doing a lot of different stuff and just trying to come in physically, mentally, you know, as prepared as you can for, for a big title match like this. So funny enough, uh, I discovered you not through MLW, but through your guitar playing, because uh, I am also a musician. I play bass guitar. Uh, who are your like big musical influences, and do they actually play a role in maybe your character in wrestling? Um, I would definitely say I don't think the musical influences play any kind of role as far as like, you know, maybe you saw someone like Adam Rose, like literally taking like musician characteristics and trying to morph them into wrestling character. I never did anything like that. Um, but in the same respect, 
um, I always say being a musician was a huge prerequisite for becoming a professional wrestler because it teaches you a lot about, you know, performing and loving to interact with the people and, you know, um, acknowledging the crowd and all those things. And, um, you know, just, <laughs> just kind of being, uh, being the ham who loves like soaking up, you know, uh, attention. It's like, after I was a musician, I needed something to kind of fill that void where I was like, I want to be in front of people performing and being the center of attention. And, you know, not only that, it's like the whole idea of like, you know, the whole idea of, you know, don't just hit a bunch of moves in high spots because, you know, you're not just trying to get these crazy pops. You got to create something that has meaning and create something that has story and create something that has, you know, a little bit more substance to it. I was a drummer in a band, you know, I quickly realized it wasn't just about playing the coolest fills. Like I wanted to do that because I liked showing off as a drummer. It's like, you got to play for the song. As a wrestler, you end up, you got to wrestle for the match. It's, you know, it's a very similar um, headspace to put yourself in. So I feel like I got a lot of those lessons long before I ever wrestled. I also love the fact that you bring up, you know, being a drummer and, and making sense with, you know, connecting it to wrestling and making sense of the match uh, and not playing, overplaying the fills. Meanwhile, you're playing guitar, you're, you're playing rock and roll style guitar, like solo, blistering solos, and you want to be the star of the show and you want to be the, the guy with all the attention. Uh, I can see very clearly that like guitar fits you better in this case. Uh, and I, I would actually, I'll push back. I actually think that there is a little bit of like, of give and take there with with wanting to show off as a musician and wanting to be the guy in front as a wrestler like you're a champion you're the you're the dude right that that kind of plays in in my opinion oh yeah i mean of course well like you said the the, the word is balanced there you know it's it's because it's, you know there's plenty of people who uh take the whole like oh you don't want to you know show off too much they take that too much too hard in wrestling and then it's like Okay, yeah, you're a solid hand, but nobody really cares about you. You gotta, you gotta give them enough. You gotta give them enough pizzazz, you know, to stand out. And it's the same, same thing as a musician. You wanna, you gotta give them enough. You gotta, you gotta throw some, uh, throw some fun out there, you know. What's been your your favorite title defense as MLW World Heavyweight Champion? Because you've been the champion since 2021, and you faced a lot of different opponents across multiple companies as well. To you, what's the one where, if I'm like, what's the Al- what's the defining Alex Hammerstone title defense in MLW? What's your pick? Um, that's hard to say. Um, I really, really enjoyed the match I had with Davey Richards. Um, that was a really, really just great wrestling match. There wasn't um, some crazy overarching story or there was some six-month build to the match or anything like that, um, which sometimes can hurt a match. But in this situation, I think it helped because the story was, like, the story was the lack of a story. The story was just like, hey, these are two guys that are at the top of their game right now and they're going to, go out there and give each other hell and we did and it was really great it was really enjoyable um you know really a feather in my cap to keep up with a guy who was you know that talented in the ring um and then if i had to pick another one it would be the recent match i had in you know february against jacob fatu defending the championship obviously i won the championship from jacob um i think jacob's one of you know 
the best wrestlers ever. <laughs> like he's just he's uh, one of a kind. And uh, it took a long time for us to get that rematch. Um, so to have it, uh, I took that match very seriously. I think um, dropping a bunch of weight because I wanted to like come in with great conditioning and. I was I was just so proud of it. It was just everything I thought it would be, and especially after the first time we wrestled, after I, I had a very serious ankle injury halfway through the match, and it really affected my performance. So they had to come back and kind of get a clean slate and do it all over again, and get to uh, get to kind of live it out the way I envisioned it the first time. That was a uh, that was a really great match. I really enjoyed that. The show on July the 8th is uh, is happening at the 2300 Arena in Philly. I don't know if you know this, but you're undefeated in that venue. How how does that feel? And like, what's I don't what's, know if you know this, but I'm undefeated in a lot of venues. <laughs> you are. Yes, you are. But we went all the way back to 2019, and it's a long time to go. I mean, this is this is a big venue. 2300 Arena has a certain amount of uh, prestige in certain wrestling circles. Uh, how does it feel? You're walking back into this venue as a champion, and uh, you've got a, a big challenge ahead of you and Alex Kane. Um, yeah, you know, 2300 is a, a unique arena. They have a unique kind of energy to the fan base there. Um, <laughs> I still remember I, I debuted there with MLW. Um, and I debuted to a little bit of, you know, a, a who are you type of vibe. Um, and, uh, you know, I had to earn my, earn my uh, place with the fans there. Um, but yeah, man, um, I can't say it really changes much. Like, I can't really say it's like, it, it, it's a little bit of an X factor. Cause like I said, the fans are, you know, a bit unique there. They kind of, uh, swing their own way you know it's like when i wrestled fought two a couple months ago like they were ready to see a new champ um and they were kind of more in his corner than they were mine um i don't know if we're gonna see a repeat of that this weekend um you know wrestling fans we're living in the add era you know it's like people want a quick instagram reel or a tiktok or it's like it's hard to convince someone to sit down and pay attention to something. And it's the exact same way in wrestling. It's like, no matter how much they love someone and they want them to be the champion, if you had it for more than three shows, they're excited about the next guy winning it. And um, I don't know if we're going to see that, uh, that, that vibe kind of take over the arena this weekend. It's like, um, you know, very much a possibility that they're so excited at the prospect of a new champ that they, uh, the, the crowd shifts into his favor. And uh, that'll be an X factor, but it's, it's nothing that I can't overcome. It's something I haven't dealt with in the past. When it comes to long title reigns, you've had you've had a lot of long title reigns in across a lot of companies, and you just mentioned the the ADD era where people want what's next. We're seeing in WWE, we have this long bloodline storyline, this long title reign with, with Roman Reigns. What do you think makes a long title reign good? To where when you keep winning the title, the fans maybe they're like, oh, we want what's next, but it's like, okay, we're also enjoying this and it's okay that this is a longer thing because it establishes some extra credibility. So my question again, what do you think like makes an actual long title ring good to where the fans don't actually get burnt out on it? Um, well, to a certain extent, fans are always going to get burned out because like I said, there's some people who it's like, 
you know, no matter, you know, you could feed someone filet mignon every night of the week, but they're eventually going to say, I want a cheeseburger. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter how good it is. Eventually people just crave something different for the sake of craving something different. And sometimes once they get it, they're, they realize, oh crap, I fucked up. I should should have kept my mouth shut. You know, um, you see that sometimes people like, almost like root for a certain underdog in wrestling and then once they win they're like oh we kind of just were having fun cheering for them but we didn't expect this to happen and now we don't really know what we want um but that being said um i think it comes down to like you know um making sure there's you know someone there interesting to oppose them you know because it's like no matter how good or talented someone is at the top it's like if they don't have someone meaningful to um to build some stories with it becomes kind of difficult. Um, so it's like, if you can, you know, create something that people are invested in and people want to keep seeing that champion fight, you know, that, that, that really helps. Um, and then just finding different ways to keep it fresh, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, different types of matches and, and things of that nature, you know, shifts in the character, but it, it is an uphill battle these days. Cause like I said, I, I think, um, you know, back in the day, people would only see like the wrestling when they saw the wrestling. It's like if you, even if even the most available stuff, Monday Night Raw was once a week, and then it was like you didn't see wrestling anymore. But now it's like you watch wrestling on the night it happens, and then you're seeing the re, you know, the review the next day, and then the highlights on Twitter the day after that, and then the recap uh, the next day on YouTube where someone's breaking down the show, and then it's like. By the time you've, you're back to the next week, let's say you've been watching that show over and over and over and over. So it's like you're already sick of what happened on that show, you know. So um, it, it, it is a different era. But like I said, there's little things like that that came to keep it a, a little bit more interesting. You kept it interesting in 2019. There was a talent exchange between pro wrestling Noah and MLW that uh, brought you over to Japan for the N1 victory. Talk to me about the experience. That's it's got to be a bit of a different uh, challenge than say, you know, weekly wrestling TV and all that. Yeah, um, you know, that's that's a different experience for multiple reasons. It's like not only is it a different style, um, almost you know, dare I say, a different caliber you're held to over there. Um, but also just the fact that you're on tour, like sometimes wrestling night after night after night in a different city. It's like you, you know, get on a bus, drive to a city, set up, warm up, wrestle, eat some food, get back on the bus, drive to the next city, find a hotel, sleep a couple hours, repeat. Like that lifestyle is, is a shock, you know, and it's uh, kind of puts you in like this warrior mode where it's like that wrestling is all you're doing. Um, so that's why I really enjoyed it. I, you know, it was a time in my life um, that I, I kind of uh, had, had something like that that like kind of forced me into that like hermit warrior style. You know, and it was nice to do that for a little while. Uh, and, and the caliber of talent over there, it's just like everybody is just so good. They take it all so seriously. And I love that, you know. Um, and it really kind of like changed like my – style permanently to a small degree and like even my outlook on wrestling a little bit um i really enjoyed it over back we don't have audio though or at least we may have lost your audio okay <laughs> we'll give it a sec 
See if we can fix it. It's riveting audio, by the way, if you're listening in the audio realm. Uh, Alex, Alex Hammerson is going to come back to us in a sec. He's, uh, we're just dealing with a technical issue. Uh, this was actually, I'm really getting into this, uh, to this conversation about the N1 too. So looking forward to, uh, to wrapping, wrapping that question up. <laughs> Hopefully we can get to it. Let's see what we can do. Jeremy, can you do a dance? You don't want me to dance. Why am I, I going to dance? That doesn't sound like good, feels, feels good like radio me. or audio. It's fair. I feel like if you did a jig, it might it might help uh, it might help people tune in live on the show. Sammy Zayn dance to hit yeah, him with a little bit of that. You know? we're, already <laughs> we're already getting more viewers. He's gonna pop uh, back out, pop back in. Hopefully, and then uh, yeah. we will we'll see. Um, I got to ask him about Ribera since he was over in Japan. See about Barry. Ribera because a lot of the wrestlers like to like to bury Ribera where everybody calls it this is the lore of of uh Ribera over in Japan and what it's become in the world of wrestling and every time somebody has said that they've gone to Japan and I ask them about it they always just bury it they're like yeah steak's actually not the best there like it's become the wrestling spot but the steak there's better steak places around in japan so that was gonna be my follow-up after you get the wrestling stuff out of the way you get the steaks you get the jacket and then suddenly you bury the place just because you got what you wanted see everybody again the wrestling war in ribera is it is what it is there you do get the jacket and everything and there's all the photos and and stuff um do you want to pop alex back on and see if yes here we go all right there we go are we back in business we're back yes. in business. Yeah, sorry, man. I don't know what happened. I don't know where oh. I got off. Uh, you're talking about the, the N1 being a, a formative experience, a very different experience, and uh, and just how it, it raised your game as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did all that. And, uh, I, I guess at this point, I'm just uh, uh, ready, to, ready to give it another go over there, get back over there at some point. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a commitment because the uh, tours over there usually are lasting quite a bit of time and I got a lot of stuff here at home that I gotta, you know, take care of. But uh I'm ready to give it another go over there, you know. I gotta ask about when when wrestlers go to Japan, Ribera is obviously the spot to go. Did you go to Ribera and what is your review of the steak? Uh I went a couple times. Um I've been I've I've had three trips to Japan now. I think I went every single time. The thing with Ribera is it's like it's not really good. <laughs> like it's See? It's like, I told you, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's really like cheap, poorly cooked steak, you know? It's like <laughs> there's a lot of places in Japan where you go where it's like phenomenal food. Like the um but Ribera's like Ribera's not really that. It's like a cheap little shop, you know, it's um uh kind of like thin cut low quality not like super lean not super great steak like just cooked to shit with some rice and corn you know but um it's like the charm of the place you know and um it's like for me it's like I, it's food i love but it's like if you took someone who was like a food connoisseur there they'd be like what is this crap um but yeah, man, I, I had a good time. I, I'm a little bit salty because you know I went there multiple times. Um, I even went there like and had dinner. It was me, 
uh, Kiyomiya, who was the NOAA heavyweight champion at the time, and the president of NOAA. And we both had our championships, and I still didn't get a jacket. I think one time I went there, and they said they didn't have any that were big enough for me. But uh, <laughs> people were like, oh, well, you didn't get a jacket because you're not a big star. I was like, listen, I was there as the MLW champion with the NOAA champion having dinner with the president of NOAA. I'm pretty sure the reason I didn't get a jacket is because they didn't have any, you freaking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, listen – I was watching Monday Night Raw this past week, and there was a dude in the front row behind the announcers had a Rivera jacket. So I don't want to hear no, not a big enough star to get a jacket. Well, listen, I'm pretty sure these days uh, wrestlers sell them to the guys for a pretty big premium on eBay. So. <laughs> okay, well, since Rivera does not have, and this is the running thing, by the way, is every wrestler I've talked to who's been to Japan says, yeah, Rivera, their steak actually sucks. Like, it's the lore, the wrestling lore that, like, you go there, but the actual food is not good. So where is a good steak place in Japan? Uh, man, I, I can't say I know um, the ex- exact name of restaurants like that I remember going to, but there's a type of food, I believe it's pronounced yakiniku. Um, it's just basically they have like a fire pit at your table and you're cooking all the stuff that they bring. And anytime I got to do that, like anytime uh, a sponsor, uh, like a fan was like, hey, do you want to go to dinner and get yakiniku? I was like, yes, yes, always <laughs> yes. Because uh, that, that is just such a, so good, such a good experience. And they, they'll bring different cuts of meat. So it's like you really like something, you make more of that, more of that. And uh, they'll have like shaved ribeye and it's just so good. Uh, I did eat a couple weird things at that sometimes. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, what's this? And I'm like, horse tongue. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> um, but that was always really good. I want to give you, uh, I want to do a, a quick lightning round. Five firsts. Okay. You, so your first live wrestling show, if you remember where these things happened or what they did. Uh, I think it was Royal Rumble. In Arizona. What about your first gig as a musician? Uh, this place called the Four White Walls in Arizona, and it was called the Four White Walls because it was just a fucking white box, basically. <laughs> uh, first, first guitar you've ever owned, or first amp that you ever owned that you really loved? Uh, Epiphone Explorer. I still have it. It's still probably my favorite guitar. First concert you attended? Well, that's hard. Um, maybe it was The Strokes uh, in like 2007. Maybe. That was a good year. Uh, I'm not sure if that was quite the first one, but that's the first one that, like, I really remember. Listen, my first, my first one was Weird Al Yankovic, so I, I get it. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Here's the last one. Here's the, this is the most important. This isn't the first, but I want to hear about your, your band, Whole Girlfriend, because I see uh, I saw a little bit of promo for it, so I'm interested. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, first of all, uh, I don't think the guys are going to watch this, so I could, I could shit out all I want. I didn't name it. <laughs> um, I was kind of like vehemently opposed to the name, but I, I hate feeling like I'm trying to be like the band dictator, so I just like I just like take a step back because I could see like these two guys were like, oh, this name is good. And I was just like, no, it's not. <laughs> but I was just like, I don't want to be the abrasive, uh, you know, element here. So I just sat back and, and didn't say anything. 
Um, but that, you know, all jokes aside, um, I've been writing music for, you know, I, I mean, I got back into it for a while now. Um, and I've been doing a lot, like I wrote, wrote and recorded a whole album all by myself, you know, sometime last year. Um, but I've been like wanting to obviously have a band together and linked up with a singer who I was, you know, working out with and kind of like, you know, um, he was like singing a lot of the songs I had written by myself. Um, but these were like songs I wrote years ago and was just kind of like re, you know, getting them all together. But now a lot of stuff we're doing as a group uh, is newer stuff. I've been like uh, writing the last couple months. So it's like a newer, you know, I feel a lot more excited about it. And then, you know, now I got these guys who are kind of chipping in their own parts and, uh, it's been really fun and uh we're definitely show ready we're just trying to find the right time and place to find a show we got a five song ep already recorded um probably gonna release it within the next couple of weeks uh, so it's exciting you know um i don't know um i'm not like in my head i'm like oh we're gonna get famous as a band i'm not like that kid i was when i was you know 16 who you know was all in and like we gotta do this you know but it's definitely a good thing to have aside from wrestling where I can put some creative output and, uh, you know, enjoy myself without having to put my body through hell. <laughs> the show this weekend is MLW never say never. It is on July 8th. Alex Hammerstone will be in action defending the MLW world heavyweight title against Alex Kane hammer. Let everyone know what they can expect when you face Alex Kane and then let everybody know where they can find you at. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the thing, same thing you expect from any, uh, Hammerstone title match. It's going to be the match of the night. Um, that being said, uh, you know, Alex Kane has, uh, you know, proved himself. He hung in battle riot for freaking what an hour. So I can't say that our match is going to be an hour, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely going to be a main event quality match. We're going to deliver, um, we're on a stacked show with tons of talented guys, um, you know, tons of variety on the show, title matches, uh, women's matches, midget matches with Microman. I don't know if you're supposed to say midget or dwarf or little person. I don't know. Micro people. Um, but yeah, we got, we got quite the variety show going down this Saturday, July 8th. Um, you know, if you're not there in Philly, watch the live show on Fight TV. It's going to be, it, it's, it's, it's going to deliver, you know, I'm, uh, I'm excited for not only my match, but a lot of the other matches in the car. And where can they find you at Alex? Uh, I'm at Alex Hammerstone on Instagram and Twitter, Alexander Hammerstone on Facebook. And, um, I, I think that's it. I don't have an OnlyFans yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. What is the, yeah. Yes. What is the OnlyFans content? If Alex Hammerstone opened an OnlyFans. I'd just do like pictures of like my dog's paws with like his toes and it would be like, you want some foot pics, big boy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be, that would sell. People love dogs. People love that's dogs. That's true, that would but it might sell for the wrong reasons, which gets creepy. Yeah, oh, that's no. true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Alex, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. Again, folks, it is MLW Never Say Never, July 8th. Watch it on Fight. Watch Alex Hammerstone defend the MLW World Heavyweight Championship against Alex Kane. Hammer, thank you again, man. Get some rest. It's, it's early over there. Please get some rest. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank this you early. Again.